he did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we are playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly. <laughs> Cal was the coach of, our, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up. Just take um, Muhammad Ali at, then, uh, at center. Then you have actually to played for Kentucky, Kentucky University of players. Kentucky. Oh, daggone it, guys. I did not prepare for this. Because they're both going to be key contributors to a national championship team. No, do not tell me to relax, Zach, because I'm all in on this squad, and it's going to happen. What is up, Big Blue Nation? This is Matt Sack BBN joined by my Twitter best friends, Big Blue Bud, two seven zero Bradley Smith and Hello. Wildcats Tongue, and we are rup to no good, gentlemen. I've been listening to our podcast, and every single time I ask y'all, "How are you doing?" and all of you are kind of like afraid to like answer for two seconds because you don't know like who should go first. And then I realized <laughs> like all of you then answer in unison and it makes a, a tough listening. <laughs> I'm going to do it person by person this time. Buddy, how are you doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? I'm doing great. We haven't lost in a hundred years. I've been to three games in a row. I'm i I'm a happy, happy Kentucky fan. It certainly has felt like hundreds of years. It's a whole brand new season that has spanned mm-hmm. what has been four games so far, but, uh, uh, yep. 270 Bradley Smith, how are you doing? I'm good. I had Mexican food for dinner. It's always a treat. <laughs> nice. WT, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. In the past, like, 10 days, I've been to more Kentucky games than I've been in the previous three years combined. Uh, you know, tell you tell this fan base seven years ago that we're going to be this excited about a four-game win streak, and they're going to say, like, what the hell happened? And they'd be <laughs> right. But I, like screw them we're we're so excited uh the fan base is uh on the peak of a mountain right now uh, i'm so pumped yeah you talked about going to a lot of basketball games now i'm not gonna say that we are the reason around the win streak maybe you want to say it's the basketball benny lineup maybe you want to see like things <laughs> just started clicking but we have i think at least been too deep and rough to no good members at every basketball game since like the win streak started Oh, so obviously not Tennessee, but yeah. we had all four of us were at Georgia. Right. Um, I believe me and Bradley were at Texas A&M, and then y'all three, excluding me, drove down to go watch the game at Vanderbilt. Is that correct? 100%. Yes. That's true. There was another, there was another person there at the Vanderbilt game that I met for the first time you guys have heard of. Who is it? Long suspenseful pause. It was a uh, wild kitten's tongue. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah wild he is, is a cute baby. He's currently one and zero in Kentucky basketball games. Um, uh, obviously, I can't afford to bring him to more games, but if we want to keep that win streak going, we can do uh, a little bit of crowdsourcing some tickets, like we did for Buddy there. Get that <laughs> man a season ticket. That'll work. His streak <laughs> needs to be longer than mine. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, he's he has a better win percentage in his uh, career than all of you. He has a better win percentage than Calipari, than John Wooden. Like he 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 is the goat as of right now. Oh, he's tied with me. I've never seen a loss either. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're sixteen yep. and zero, so he's just aspiring mm-hmm. to be you. <laughs> yeah, and buddy, you're sixteen and zero to keep this good rup to no good inside rup arena momentum going. Both of us will be at the game on Saturday and. 
Um, like like it was previously mentioned, you are sixteen and zero going to Kentucky basketball games. And now that that's interrupt, that's on the road, neutral site, that's everything, correct? That's everything. Yes, I've never I've been to sixteen games in my life. I've never seen us lose. Uh, I don't know if I'm lucky or or what it is, but but that's it. Maybe I'm magic. See now yep. you're talk you're talking to someone that watched the South Carolina home loss, that watched <laughs> that home Tennessee loss where they had like the twenty point comeback and we had like the meltdown on our mm. bench. I watched both of those. You're talking to two seven zero Bradley Smith who watched freaking St. Peter's loss. You I wasn't there. I was not there. Oh. <laughs> but I, I was it. there. I was there for Wisconsin in fifteen. Oh okay. I was there for UNC in seventeen. I was there for that miserable, awful, terrible CBS Sports Classic in New Orleans versus Ohio State or UCLA or whoever we were playing when we had Shea and Kevin Knox. That was the most depressing game I've ever been to. But I was also there for the Wichita State win and when De'Aaron Fox dropped 40 on Lonzo Ball's head. Those are higher highs and lower (laughs) lows. You guys have been through worse than me. Is that that what you're trying to say? I don't go to (laughs) – Buddy, what I'm trying to say is that you are very spoiled, but I'm also very happy yeah. because that gives us a better chance of bringing home a dub on Saturday. But before we get to Saturday, we get to talk about last Saturday and this past Tuesday because Kentucky have brought home a pair of dubs since we last got to talk to the lovely Rupp to no good audience. Boys, um, I was kind of nervous heading into this uh, Texas A&M game, mostly because they're not a joke. Um, they were undefeated going into SEC play. Obviously, we didn't know this at the time, but they just went into Auburn and blew out Auburn in their own arena. This is a really good Texas A&M team, and we knew it was going to be a grind, and it was, but we pulled out the dub. And that, um, outside of, I think, the win at Tennessee, that was our most impressive win of the year. It was beautiful. Uh, Boots Radford uh, should be – one of the top candidates for SEC Player of the Year, definitely a first-team ballot, uh, if I had to say. He put up 22 points against us, 7 for 11 from the field. But just incredible play and, and just uh, great efficiency in that second half. We shot 51% from the field uh, in that second half against Texas A&M. We looked fantastic. Antonio Reeves put up 23 points. Jacob Toppin had 17 points. How about Jacob Toppin? Um, but yeah, we just got some really good minutes from all of our players and it was a really complete game, um, except for the first little stretch of that first half. So I, I'm really liking where this team is trending, playing some decent, good tournament teams and coming away with a pretty convincing win. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me is what happens in November or December if we play literally anyone and Kaysen Wallace shoots one of seven from three, and C.J. Frederick shoots two of ten from three. We score like 50 points, and we get blown out, right? This was the first time where we saw, yeah, our guards didn't make our shots. We found different ways to score. We weren't, like, so dependent on if our threes, like, went in or not. Like, we had two very good shooters shoot very, very poorly, and Reeves was like, all right, I'm going to get hot. Toppin was like, all right, I'm going to get hot. Oscar said, I'm going to get triple team, but I'm getting everyone else involved. And we still found a way to put up 76 points, and Case Malls and CJ Frederick did not shoot the ball well. That was probably the most impressive part to me. 
Yep, that's uh, the thing about depth. As long as you don't have a, a full systems failure and somebody can can do the job right, then then we're okay. But that one to me was probably the best. I won't say the best I felt um, about a win all year because beating Tennessee was by far the best I felt about <laughs> yeah. a win all year. Mm-hmm. But it it was the best I think we've looked. It was it was the best earned win in my opinion. Uh, and and Tennessee was a, a good fight too. But like even those last couple minutes, like we could have lost that game. Like we really could have lost that game. And you know I don't want to go too far into that. But I mean we were a couple layups from in trouble. Uh, but Texas A and M, you know we we fought hard and we were we were in that game all the way through uh, playing against Doug Shows, um, who was just <laughs> we had four four times he went to the monitor and reviewed something and like did it ever go in our favor even one time? <laughs> what is it, Bradley? Oh, I see Bradley oh yeah, I uh, I was going to tell this story. I know not everybody follows me on Twitter and they probably shouldn't. <laughs> I'm generally a moron, <laughs> uh, but for the Texas A and M game. I was sitting five rows behind the bench so I could hear everything that was going on. Nice. You and on, on one of the video reviews, uh, Doug Shouse was going to the uh, monitor and Calipari starts walking over to him. And if you don't know, coaches aren't supposed to approach the refs during replays at all. I mean, they're just supposed to totally stay away. Uh, but Doug Shouse says, I don't need any help, John. And an unidentified voice from Kentucky's bench. I'm not going to name any names, but I think it might rhyme with Chen Coleman. Um, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But I, I'm I, I'm, you, I, you never I, name names. I can't maybe, say definitively, maybe. but maybe. Said, obviously you do. <laughs> and uh, I thought we were going to see a technical right then. But yeah, for sure. uh, fortunately, that was the one time Doug Shouse did not call a technical. Nice. Hey, I oh, thought I thought Doug Shelves was going to call a technical on the eruption zone. Oh, <laughs> he oh, really? calls a technical on ice cream, sunshine, happiness, joy. Um, <laughs> I actually looked this up the other day. I was going to tweet about it, but Doug Shelves and these numbers could be incorrect, but it's something like this. Doug Shelves has called, I think, 42 technicals just against Kentucky and Kentucky players and like however long he's been refing our games and seven of those just like against Cal by himself. I'm pretty sure that's the most uh, that a ref has wow. called on, on Cal, just like a single referee is Doug. Actually, those, those are Doug ref or yeah. Doug Shouse refed games. So they, they could be called with other refs, but that's, yeah. you shouldn't know referees names, you know, yes. you should not. Right. Uh, we should be able to go into a game, get that announcement of here are the three names for the rest. We should go, cool. I don't know any of these guys. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> the fact that we see Doug Shouse and the entire fan base chants, we we hate Doug or Doug, you suck, or whatever that was. It's Doug, you suck. Uh, <laughs> Doug, you suck. If 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 a fan base is able to do that, that means you probably deserve it. So, Bradley, yeah. I, I want to ask you. We're, yeah. So, I was in the eruption zone where the origin of the Doug, you suck like chance came from and that's where it was really loud where i was standing because that's yes. where it started and everything but was the doug you suck chance as prominent where you were sitting as it was in the eruption zone i mean there were i would say 75 percent of the arena was <laughs> chanting doug you suck mm-hmm. and it was deserved by a hundred percent well we were behind uh, you i was behind yeah. you sack way in the upper level Terrible seats, by the way, but we were behind you in the upper level and we could, I mean, it was just as loud up there, like a facing. I forgot you were at the A&M game as well. Yeah, man. I do want to, 
I do want to point out the chance for Doug Usuck happened after that Oscar Shibway flagrant foul. Um, oh, I was watching. My goodness, I was watching was from home. I was watching from home. It, I mean, Doug made some bad calls. That that was the right call. Well, here's the, thing. here's My, the thing. Yeah, <laughs> what, what they were reviewing and what they were showing up on the video monitor was where was it marble? Like yeah, pushed Marl. out yeah. Oscar. So yeah. they well, showed, yeah. they only showed that play. They didn't show the 20 second retroactive play where yes. Oscar threw it you out. Right. Do that. So yeah. for Rupp Arena to just like see the play <laughs> and it was Oscar like trying to get a rebound and then Marble shoving him down or whatever it was, and then they call a technical on Oscar and we're just like, Doug, you suck. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that was taking place no, behind the sense. action. That was yes. taking place behind the action. So we weren't yep. even watching that. I think maybe Wheeler was driving down the court with the ball. So we weren't even paying attention to that. But all we saw yeah, no, was Marble push Oscar. And then technical on Oscar, what? You know, like, I love Oscar. There, He tends to be in situations. He doesn't get called for it a lot, thank goodness. But uh, where his uh, elbows get a little uh, wild there for, for a little bit. We saw that a little bit on Texas A&M. He does, but, but he gets uh, he gets more calls than usual against Doug. I've noticed that. I need to go back and true. like check the stats on that. But I, I think okay. two other t- well that time and then another time I think he's got four fouls with Doug in the game, and I'm pretty sure Doug fouled him out as well. Remember that time that Cal was oh, wow. clapping and saying, "Good job, Doug. Good job." <laughs> Real quick, one one last thing on the Doug, you suck. Oh, <laughs> Shout out to the little kid in front of me. He was probably like seven or eight, but he was there at the game with his little brother and his grandparents. And he started chanting, Doug, you suck. <laughs> his grandmother, <laughs> bless her heart, said, if you say that again, you can't play your DS on the way home. <laughs> Which, two things. I didn't realize people still had DSs. Right. <laughs> and two, he kept chanting. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> wow. Smart man. Uh, one thing I do want to get getting back to actual basketball here. One thing I want to point out about the Texas A&M game and kind of this four game win streak. Um, I, as you all know, I'm a big analytics guy and I kind of keep track of where we're ranked and what our efficiency numbers look like over this four game win streak. Our offensive numbers have slightly improved, but I mean, if you look at the stats, we're not shooting lights out. We're not like making all of our jump shots. In fact, I mean, against Georgia, I think we couldn't hit a dang thing against Texas A&M. We couldn't hit any open shots either. Um, our defense has been incredible by some metrics. I think by Bart Torvik, we were a, we weren't even a top 100 defense in the country. And this four game win streak, we are climbing back into having that elite defense. Uh, I think Cal is adjusting. Uh, he's used to having an elite uh, rim protector, but they are just the, the guards are guarding so well cj frederick is so fun to watch on defense if you're able to re-watch a game uh this these last four games watch cj just watch him fight over screens it is so fun to watch excuse me so fun to watch uh i love the defensive effort and that's how we can uh, survive performances where like texas a&m shoots 16 for 16 from the free throw line and uh all that good stuff so good love me some kentucky defense and I think Oscar has improved a lot on defense too. By the way, Absolutely. defensive player of the year finalist or midseason award watch list, whatever it is, congrats, Oscar. Uh, uh, yeah, probably pretty good for you. Maybe the worst defensive season to have ever made that list. Love Oscar, but I'm pretty sure he's on there for defensive rebounds and maybe steals. Yeah, that's, no. that that has to be it. Please. That's, a, that's a Steve Nash MVP kind of 
award thing right there. <laughs> but while Oscar is no longer like he, he's not going to be a great rim protector. But one thing he's not doing is let people like just get by him. Like he's not giving up layups. He's not giving mm-hmm. up dunks. He's not letting people just sprint right by him, whether it be like a big or whether it be like a guard when he's helping off. He's keeping everything in front of him, which is good because I want guards taking mid-rangers and floaters over Oscar preferred the layups. And I'd rather have centers be taking like jump hooks or face-up jumpers over Oscar rather than dunks. So again, it's he he's not a perfect defender still, but I, I like that he's at least forcing people to make more difficult shots. We saw That's... the Tennessee game, like Euros Plavchic, he kind of got hot, but he was hitting like his high like arcing like jump hook. I'm okay with that. What I wasn't okay with was like when Bidiaco was just beating him for dunks. So still just not he he's at a deficiency with his height and just, just he's just not very light footed, I guess is the best way to put it on defense. <laughs> but he, he is still making people be he is challenging shots a lot more, which is an improvement from our defensive anchor. Yeah, I, I mostly agree. I don't know who that kid was at Vandy that he Malik liked. Dia. He taunted him. He walked out and put his arms out and did that like little side stomp. You can't really see it very well. I rewatched the game. You can't see it very well from like from the side angle, right? Where the camera is. But from where we were, where me and Wildcat were, you could see him do like this like weird like waddle toward him thing, trying to taunt him and then do just like (laughs) diced him up. He scored on Oscar and Oscar just fouled him because he got mad, had to go out for the rest of the half. (laughs) Oh, hilarious moment. But on on defensive player of the year, maybe. Um his uh his steals are like underrated. He's been like quick hands. For sure. He led um, us in steals last season. Yeah. If oh. if I could for just a moment, if we're finished with the A and M discussion, I, I, I got we'll one more are. thing with AM okay. and then right. I'll let you, you start us off. Oh, the last God. thing with A and M, and this is how we finish the game. While Case and Wallace did not have a great shooting night. He actually did make some important plays down the stretch on offense, but he overall he didn't shoot the ball great. But one thing we did see, it was still a six-point game, two-possession game with 19 seconds to go. Kaysen Wallace goes to the free-throw line, and he made both of his free throws. The first time I think I've seen him do that in a clutch moment all year, that is growth in one of the biggest games of the year. Bradley, start us off with Vanderbilt. Well, mine was a last-second A&M thing. But oh, it was, you can it do was that a less, It was a less serious note. Uh, we, we really had fun with officials, uh, because this was an Orlando Antigua thing, uh, not a, a Chin Coleman thing. One of the other reviews, I've lost track of which one that it was. Uh, the officials were going to the monitor and Orlando Antigua started walking toward him. And one of the officials kind of not pushed him away cause he never made contact, shoot him away, I guess. And was doing the little finger twirl review thing. Well, coach O like does a spin, like just stand there and he like puts his hands up and I, it might've been funnier if you were sitting there and seeing it, but he just did, did a little spin. It was funny to see. I wish I could have made a, a GIF out of that, but a what? a GIF. It's a GIF. It's a GIF. Bradley. A GIF. Oh, no. It's a GIF. GIF is peanut butter. <laughs> it's a GIF. <laughs> oh man. But anyways, um, any last closing thoughts on AM? It was so long ago. I'm not gonna lie. I've been like fighting some sort of cold all week. Like I can't even like remember back that far. I've just been laying in bed. I'm impressed I remember as much <laughs> as I did about the AM game. But anything else, boys? Tyrese Radford, you're a cat. He was impressive. 
You did look good. No, it's just a just really good, tough game against a team that plays really good defense. So not much to complain about. Yeah. Um, going into Tuesday, we go on the road. This is one that a lot of people worried about. Going into the game, Vanderbilt was only ten and nine. Um, I believe Liam Roberts is the name of their center that was leading them in points and um and rebounds per game. So they're losing probably their best player. He's out for injury, Liam Roberts. Um, we're obviously we're going on the road. It just kind of like, all right, hopefully this isn't a trap game. We're coming off a couple big wins last week. We got to worry about Kansas. We can't lose sight on the road in Vanderbilt. Seems like Vanderbilt always gives us trouble. They didn't really give us any trouble. Like we opened up the game well. We went into half up nine. Um, wound up winning by sixteen. I think Vanderbilt. I saw in the SEC. They're averaging like 81 or 82 points per game. Something like they've been, their offense has been very, very good in the SEC. And at home, they only put up 53 points uh, against our defense. And WT said that's like a testament to our defense being much more improved. It's one of the better defenses in the country right now. Boys, what were your main takeaways from this Vanderbilt game? Uh, My main takeaway is our lineup, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, and uh, we are really we're getting to that point in the season that Cal likes to get to where he goes from his eight or nine guys to like seven guys. Uh, so I think we saw eight guys in the game. Uh, Lance got only five minutes, so he was just in there for a little bit of depth. So that our seven man rotation is 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 looking like it's set. Uh, and that, that's a really exciting thing. Um, I'm also really excited. I think it's because uh, Robbins was out. That, that's his name. Yeah, Robbins. yeah, Liam Robbins. Yeah, because. Robbins is also the only uh, guy with major minutes that has a somewhat decent block percentage. Uh, so having him out allowed us to shoot uh, 56% from the from two, I think, 56% from uh, two-point range. I had a lot of open layups, and I think Cal, not, not just out of chance, I think Cal drew up a lot of good plays to get uh, some easy looks at the rim, and some guys made some plays. Uh, to get to the rim with ease, Jacob Tobb and Casey Wallace in particular, they they looked like they were getting whatever they wanted, especially in the first half. How about to close out that first half? The timeout Ooh. that we call, Ooh. Cal draws up a play, and Jacob Toppin gets a wide open lineup, and Cal sprints to the locker room or, or does his little <laughs> shimmy jog to the locker room, whatever. He did it was. not want to talk to Alyssa Lang. He was like, <laughs> I, "It's the last thing I want to do." Ran out of there. I've got, I've got a meme cooked up for that one. I haven't posted it yet, so y'all y'all stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he might have had some of that Nashville barbecue like right before the game, and he was like, <laughs> "Oh, I I can't hold it in anymore. Sorry, Alyssa, we got to go to the locker room bathroom." But I know um... I did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, by the way, how was how was the atmosphere there? Two dollar beer night. All three of you guys were there. I was driving, so I couldn't really do that. The the yeah. student section, the Vandy student section, really enjoyed that. They they were building pyramids with their cans over there. Yeah, um, I think I think that that may have been a lie because we tried to buy some beer before the game and uh, it was nine dollars a can. And they were like, you know, they, they asked me like, hey, I thought it was two dollar beer night. And they were like, yeah, I don't know. Like everybody said that, but it's just not. And so um, <laughs> and so I I don't know if that was like only a thing for students or if it was just a just a lie completely. I think first person I saw post it was TJ Walker. So he might have just been wrong, but they did give away free energy drinks to the students. So that part was true. Yeah, oh, man. I, I don't drink, uh, but the people around me definitely were. Uh, there were some very obnoxious guys from New Jersey 
uh, that uh, <laughs> definitely, whether they were nine or $900, they had several. Were they there uh, for Lance? No, they were there just casual, nothing better right. to do in Nashville on a Thursday night or Tuesday night. And we're just like, Calipari's <laughs> Italian. We're Kentucky fans. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I have yeah. I have only seen TJ Walker point out the two dollar beer night. So if he's wrong and <laughs> sports talker is listening, um, as you guys like to say on KRC, suck it. So uh, by the way, he will be proud if he's listening. My pronunciation of Jif. No. He knows ball in that regard. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, we're no. You guys can both in suck all it regards. On that too. You guys can both suck it on that. But um, anyways, uh, Antonio Reeves. He had 23 points against AM, comes back, it leads our team in scoring for the second game in a row. Uh, two of five from three, seven of 14 from the field as a whole, 16 points coming off the bench. Boys, I, I don't want to get too much into the, like the who starts and the, does it really matter. Um, do we think Antonio Reeves should start? Because other than the Vanderbilt game, every single time I feel like at the under 16 timeout, we are losing. And we're always working our way up. I don't want to get too into like, it doesn't really matter who starts and all that. But at some point, if your starting lineup is constantly putting you in a deficiency, maybe it's time to switch something up. Maybe. I I hesitate to do that. Um, Just knowing how basketball players are, there's so much uh, of a rhythm and like uh, a routine that you go through. And for Antonio, uh, I mean, he obviously started at, at Illinois state, but uh um if he's playing 28 minutes, 29 minutes, 30 minutes a game, he's putting up really good numbers. He's getting a lot of shots. He he leads us in field goal attempts, I think, for the last three or four games. Um, so I, I, I it's really tough because you don't you want to fix the first four minutes, but you don't want to break what's already working. Yep. So um, I think well, it should be more of a scheme issue where you're taking that starting five and you're figuring out how to play them more effectively. Um, but Antonio, he, he knows his role. He, he gets to see first four minutes, first five minutes kind of play out. He knows what to expect. He knows the pace of the game and he can go in, um, and go against some guys that may have, uh, a little bit tired legs and obviously is shooting really well. What I really liked from him, uh, against Vandy is not really the, the two for five from three. Uh, it's more the, um, uh, five for nine from two point range. That that is something. If he can unlock that three level scoring more consistently, ooh, buddy, we're we're in some uh some good time good good times ahead of us. I compare that ooh, like buddy. uh the the three pointer uh option that could be like a pump fake to like a floater that looked very reminiscent of sophomore year. Quickly, not as mm. clean and not as smooth, but that's what it kind of reminded me of. And how about that dunk? Oh, yeah, that cut was beautiful. Yes. Happened right in front of us. Yeah, Wildcat, I was going to say the same thing almost exactly. I, I agree with your your uh, take on Antonio. I'm also of the belief well, that, yeah, I'm also of the belief that like every minute as the minutes progress through the game is like more important than the minute before. So those first four minutes are not as important. But at the same time, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let it let it go and uh you know fix what's wrong at the, uh, the first four minutes totally agree and one thing i'll say about it too i think the first four minutes are important for chris livingston especially just with him being a freshman 
so we can kind of get a feel for the game, know how physical the other team is going to be. And I realize things like that are scouted and whatnot, but just to actually go and feel it in game time uh, versus Antonio being a senior has has kind of seen it before. Yeah, one, one thing I do want to bring up on Chris Livingston, I think I brought it up on it, the past podcast, maybe the past two, is playing Chris at the four. We saw it in flashes at Vanderbilt, which yep. is more than we've seen it mm-hmm. like the rest of the year. At least we saw it for extended possessions. I think we had three guards, Chris at the four and Lance at the five for some extended period of time. Um, I got this quote from Jack Pilgrim on Calipari um, on playing Chris Livingston at the four. Here's what Cal says on Chris Livingston playing the four. He just hasn't played it enough. We practice it and he played some of it in this game at Vanderbilt. We're going to keep practicing it more when he's more comfortable. The game is positionless. So if you get caught up in four, three, two, one, you're talking ego. Now the game is positionless. Anyway, you've got a lot of guys on the perimeter. That feels, it started off kind of like, yeah, well, here's why we're not playing him because he hasn't (laughs) played that position. And then there's like a switch where he's like, well, there aren't any positions, so you'll tell you'll play where I tell you to play, and you'll like it because you're going to be on the perimeter anyway. So just yeah, that was not Cal yeah. talking to Jack or talking to the media. That was Cal talking to a very specific group of people. Yeah, um, can we talk yeah. about that? Can we talk about that here? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna oh, well, not I'm say going anything to. directly. Yeah, I'll <laughs> but, say I, I, I saw the. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I saw the the Jack Pilgrim quote too, and then. Later learned that uh, that he Livingston uh, and Co are not particularly thrilled with their uh, with how it's going there. Oh, is that is that Big Blue Bud Scoop? It's well, I, I did hear something from someone else, but it's not real Big Blue Bud Scoop. It, it came from someone else mainly. I I, I don't have real scoop this yeah. time. This is elsewhere. I've heard. I've also heard that from like two other people. So. Um, I think here, here's the thing when you're playing like 15 minutes a game, which is what I think he's averaging for the year. Uh, even if you're playing the three, playing the two, playing the four, like you're not going to be very happy. Um, I do think that uh, if you get caught up in the labels, just like Cal said, you're going to uh, get burned. Um, whenever Chris is in the game, we are playing four out. And so it's not a traditional four, like you would think, um, it is like it's not a post up. It's not an interior exactly. four. It's a guard four. Yeah. So if 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 you want to call it a four guard lineup to make Chris and his people happy, mm-hmm. go for it. If you throw in Chris with the the Benny lineup uh, instead of Toppin, it's gonna it's gonna be different. It's not like he's taking Toppin's role. That's a completely new look because Chris has a different skill set than Jacob does. So. Um, I mean, I know that it's it's complicated. He's trying to get to the league, and it's uh, it, it's tough to do that. So, uh, I understand if his people are not happy with how things are going, but if they want to see his playing time go up, they've got to be on board with him playing a little bit out of the position they want to play. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple things about that. I think we brought up last week or maybe two weeks ago. It feels like we've talked lineups every episode that we've had, but <laughs> to say that Chris hasn't played the four. That's just a lie. I mean, he yeah. he played the four in high school at Oak Hill. I mean, I, I watched their games. He was he was the four. Uh, so he knows what a four is. And then my second point about it 
now I'm going to steal this from Jack Pilgrim. Just lie to him. <laughs> Tell him, <laughs> no, you're the three. You're just going to guard their four. And, you know, we're, we're Antonio's gonna have, are four. Yeah. Antonio or CJ or Cason's uh, are four. Just lie to him. That's I literally, mean... <laughs> remember when Cal literally did that? And then he was like, we're going to start playing Chris at the four. And then, like, the next time we heard Cal speak, it's like, I don't think we're going to do Chris at the four anymore. But hear me out. Hear yeah. me out. Chris at the three, a do at the four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is what <laughs> okay, Carter... whatever. Chris would be <laughs> the, the do... four in that lineup. You're just lying to him. Exactly. Yeah. The do and Chris Surely they the can see together. through that. <laughs> Surely that's yeah, transparent. But... But here's the thing, like the NBA guys, they're they're not looking at what Cal says in the press. They're looking at no. film. And if they see Chris playing the three, they're not going to draft him. He is not an NBA three. Now he's undersized for an NBA four. And I, I know uh, uh, Corey and Fable, uh, uh, Corey Cottle and Fable kind of pointed that out, that, that he is an undersized four. But mm. he does not, he, he is not a three in the NBA. So if he wants to make it there, he either has to, up his three-point percentage by 15% real quick, or he's got to figure out what he's really good at if he does play that stretch four position. And I think if he is going to be a three, he's he's not going to be like the Devin Booker that he's trying to be, and he's going to be a multi-year college player. Like If he wants to stay on the track of, I want to be a three and I want to be an NBA three, he's going to be in Lexington for at least two more years. He just is. Mm-hmm. Like I could compare him to like a Dylan Brooks, but I think Dylan Brooks was a three or four year player in Oregon. Um, that That's who I kind of see him being like, and he could be that like defensive, like three and D type guy, like explosion, but you're not going to be this guy that's going to get like a bunch of shots from the wing. You're going to be a mostly a three and D guy and you're going to be a multi-year college player because that's how far away. But I want to talk about a guy who has been very accepting of his role, even though it's not exactly maybe what he envisioned, but Savir Wheeler freaking killed it against Vanderbilt. And here is a much better quote from John Calipari on Savir Wheeler. This one provided by uh, Tyler Thompson. So here, here's the full quote. It's a long one. He says, it was hard. It was really hard because I wanted to do some stuff. I didn't want to give people an opportunity to say I'm blaming anybody. It just wasn't the right time to do anything. I need him to do what he did so they will respect him as a player. Obviously talking about Savir Wheeler um, starting at point guard and then moving to the bench. Cal continues on Wheeler. He says, now he may have to come off the bench. Doesn't mean I don't love you. I'm not for you. I won't be there the rest of your life, but somebody's playing better. That's a team. Then you accept that and say, I'm ready. What's my role? And I, I wish I could find the Saver Wheeler quote because Saver Wheeler had like a response to all that where he basically was like, yeah, like the the starting five, that was the five that went down and beat Tennessee. Like I wasn't there for that. This is the five that did it. They earned that spot. I am yep. playing with other great players at Kentucky. I'm just happy I get to play with other great players and get to play at Kentucky and I get to play in my role. I'm super happy with my role. I love that from Sabir Wheeler almost as much as I loved his fantastic performance against Vanderbilt as well. Was was that Cal quote? Was that whenever Tyler asked him, um, was it hard not to to lash out, or how difficult it was it not to to lash out, kind of at the at the fans for I'm, saying all the stuff? Was that it? Probably it turned was. Out it was hard. It probably was, but okay. I'm reading. I'm just reading a quote from Twitter right now. Gotcha. Uh, I've I got that Savir Wheeler quote for you if you want it. Please oh. read it. Wt. Absolutely. As the second biggest Savir Wheeler fan on uh, the Bird app, uh, Savir said this about uh, accepting his role. 
those guys who've been putting in put it playing the past couple of games are the guys who've been winning games. That's the group that went and popped Tennessee. At the end of the day, we are at Kentucky. I'm playing with some really good players. Sometimes that's okay. You got to learn to live with that and learn to grow from it and be mature about it because those guys deserve to play as much as anybody else. Those guys are fighting in practice, working their tails off, paying attention to the details. They deserve that. Today was just my turn to kind of give us some energy. I did that, but you got to give all of the credit to those guys because they were the ones who were in there when I wasn't. So beautiful. Imagine like at 21, 22 years old, being that mature about losing your starting job after three years of being an SEC starter. Yeah. Uh, that is so, especially with all the stuff that he's been seeing online. Cause he said that he's seen the stuff that y'all post online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just that, that's really cool. Um, and you can see just in the way he's playing, the way he handles himself on the court that he is not just accepting his role. He is like fully embracing it. Whenever he got in against Vanderbilt, and he started pushing the pace and we started having some success. Did you all see what he was doing towards the bench? He was motioning, showing, hey, this is how we need to play. He was talking to Kaysen, says, hey, when you come back in, because he knows, like, hey, Kaysen, you're coming back in because you're going to run the point when I'm gone or when I sit down. This is how you need to play. He is coaching up Kaysen as the senior coaching up a freshman uh, as he's accepting a new role. And I think that is just awesome. All of you Savier haters, or at least the people that say they're they don't hate him, or but they just think he's bad at basketball. Yeah, look at that guy. Like that guy is a mature player who knows what he needs to do to win. I'm 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 officially done with the Severe Wheeler haters. They, it was like we were verging on a boo at the Texas A&M game whenever Wheeler came in. Like you could hear, like it was not uh-huh. a great reaction upstairs, and and that upset me so much. And then he came out there and killed it in the Vanderbilt game. And there was still a guy behind me who was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Oh, like, no. Oh, my, I know. Like, the whole time, he hated it. Every time he touched the ball. There was one point where Wheeler looked lost, and it was because there was – he went to one corner of the floor, and the other four players were on the other side of the floor. <laughs> and Vandy's entire team was between him and them. And it was like, what are you supposed to do there? You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing. Right. Um, but, oh, my gosh. Yeah, guys, like, kill the narrative. He clearly – it's happy where he is. He's mature about it. He knows what he's doing. He's about winning. He's about the team. He's not about himself. We're all right, guys. We're all right. Leave Wheeler alone. Officially, it's done. So we we talked about <laughs> TJ Walker. I'm going I'm to talk about his co-host on Kentucky Roll Call, Nick Roush. Now, Nick, I'm not going to go out and say that he hates Savir Wheeler, <laughs> but he definitely yeah. hates the Savir Wheeler fan club. He's been very active against them. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I even like, like respect to Nick. Like he came out after the Vanderbilt game was like, I have a lot of respect for how Savir Wheeler played. So even the people that aren't Savir's biggest fan was like, I'm glad the way like you held yourself. I'm glad the way that you were composed. Um, I'm like, I'm really happy to see your maturity in these post-game interviews and just you you played fantastic within your role. Um, mm-hmm. the, the backcourt all around was fantastic at Vanderbilt, which we kind of talked about as Chris. That kind of limits your minutes in the backcourt when Savir and CJ and Kaysen and Antonio are playing the way that they are. Not as many minutes for you at the three. I'm glad he didn't have to delete that tweet. I'm glad he didn't have to delete that one. Go ahead, Bradley. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed this or not. Maybe it was just how I was seeing it. Did it look like Xavier was running twice as fast against Vanderbilt as he normally does? His little legs were just churning. I mean, they well, were. He's had three he games was, to rest. He was, he was hauling. <laughs> but he maybe played 23 Vandy minutes just, instead of 37. That is true. And Vandy does not get back in transition at all. 
like that that's just something that they definitely saw in film because from the get-go mm. uh, especially when Savir got in he was just like yep I'm gonna sprint full speed down the court and they will not catch up yeah um one, one of the things that I like to see we talked about CJ and Kaysen kind of struggling in the A&M game much better in uh the Vanderbilt game they both shot four of eight from the field that's 50 percent and two of five from three which is 40 percent so nothing insane but that those are really steady splits and that showed because they really did not have an answer for oscar so every time they moved off those guys made the shots that they had to which i love to see obviously i talked about reeves going crazy we talked about wheeler doing what he does this is a complete backcourt as we start transitioning into like talking about the kansas game which we're going to do those guys making shots is going to be key and that not just the Kansas game, every game moving forward, because people cannot guard Oscar on an island. Teams are going to say, all right, I'm going to hope that Kaysen or CJ just has a bad shooting night, and then we're just not going to let Oscar beat us. So even if you're not having a fantastic night, go out there and still like make a couple, which is what they did. So uh, we love seeing what I did from them. One other thing I want to point out about the stat sheet, we shot two free throws as a team. Now, a yeah. lot of people were <laughs> complaining about that, saying, how do how do we, like a very, the physically superior team, only get two, one trip to the free throw line all day, two foul shots? But honestly, I would 100% rather have a game where we only shoot two free throws and the game is over an hour, 45 minutes, rather than watching a Doug Show's ref game, which goes two and a half hours and has four Amen. video monitor reviews <laughs> and each team has 20 free throws. I prefer this style of game 100%. We talked about it earlier. I didn't recognize any of those refs just off rip. I didn't see their names, so maybe I'm just an idiot and didn't recognize one, but I agree. Like WT said, that's the way it should be. Yep. That is. And we, the, I mean, we were going to an away game uh, in, in Nashville. It was about an hour and a half drive back to the house. So, Getting out there a little bit early, we were able to stay after the game because that game finished so early uh, to say hello to some of the players. So, yeah, we can get more of those types of games. Now, here's the thing. If we're struggling to hit from the field and we need some free throws to help out with that, then, yeah, Doug shows it up all day. But (laughs) whatever it takes for us to win. And I think think kind of to add to your point, Zach, uh, we have won in our last four games a grinded-out low-scoring game against uh, Tennessee uh, against Georgia. Uh, we had a game where we just relied on Oscar against Texas A&M. We had another game where we did the opposite of relying on Oscar. And now we have a game where Oscar played okay, but we didn't shoot any free throws. So we, we have won four games in a row, four different ways. And I think that's some really promising stuff, right? Getting ready for March and uh, getting ready for some tournament play. But uh, none of what we're doing is sustainable. I've been told though, even though we're winning in many different ways, Oh, yeah, no, we're we're man. making too many free throws, or we're shooting too well, or all that stuff. So, <laughs> real quick, how about Malik Dia? Man, that oh, dude man. was on that fire. That he is, he is a cat. <laughs> dude had attempted seven threes on the year. All of a sudden, something clicks against Kentucky. He goes <laughs> what four, four, or five of five. I know he didn't four miss five. three, four but for he, five. He okay, hit his first one. four in a row, didn't he? He did. Yeah, and one yeah. of them was like a step back, turnaround, corner three yep. over Oscar. 
I was like, is, what is this dude doing? Is he the guy that shot the one over Toppin and Toppin like slapped yeah. his arm and everything? Yeah. And he's still yeah. Like, <laughs> that was his him. first three. His first three, Nuts. he didn't even jump. But you can't even call it a jump shot because he stayed on the ground the whole time. <laughs> so he made that. I'm like, okay, that's their third string center who's just like trying to produce like, oh, well. And then he hits his next three and they're like quick step backs. Like I, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah, Bro took the under, Lydia, man. That's Bro, just, has Bro a normal game. This is a 25 point game so like even with that crazy performance we still beat him by 16 yeah that's you know, that's just peak kentucky luck though third string center <laughs> turns into prime steph curry you know it's just <laughs> nuts. yeah he was literally averaging two points per game going into that but do you know do you know who he reminded me of uh james <laughs> harden no, no. <laughs> you know that one like highlight mixtape of the woman's player from washington the lefty that like doesn't jump when she <laughs> yeah yeah if you know what i'm talking about no clue what her name is but i know i know what you're talking about so. no, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll 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 send the link to y'all after but this is exactly <laughs> yeah you're right you'll, you'll see it and be like that's exactly what the league deal looks like if you know you know but um Anyways, I, I do want to start going into this weekend because this is maybe the most excited oh, I've been about a basketball game in quite some time. First of all, Kansas game. We already announced it on Twitter. We're going to formally announce it on the podcast. Uh, first of all, like I, I tweeted it out. We decided, and Rupp's no good that I was going to tweet it out because I, I kind of got the little extra Twitter poll. But the, the mastermind behind it all, WT, mm-hmm. this was your graphic. It was your idea. Do you want to explain to what hashtag – First four, last four is. Absolutely. So I think this was Cal's idea back in like 2013 or 2014, uh, whenever we were fighting for some seating in the NCAA tournament. Uh, And he told the crowd for the last, I think actually it was the last eight minutes, but still, like he said, for the last eight minutes or however much time, I want the entire crowd to stand and cheer. Because, I mean, you all know Rupp. Rupp has a tendency to not be... uh, too keen on standing sack that More. that's how Zach got his following at first because nope. <laughs> he wouldn't sit the heck down um but uh so it's got it takes a little bit of push i don't think we'll have a problem with energy against kansas because it's one of the most anticipated matchups at rup in a long long time but that extra kick to make sure that that energy is like nothing we've ever seen in like the last 15 years is going to take a little bit of movement so the first four last four is for the first four minutes of the game and the last four minutes of the game, not only are you standing, but you are yelling at the top of your lungs. You're making sure Kansas knows that Rupp Arena is the best home court advantage in college basketball when we want to be. They, they're they used to the fog. The fog is traditionally known as the best home court advantage. They don't lose there except when they play us and Keon Brooks. Um, <laughs> but <Suck it. laughs> but uh, Rupp Arena, if we want to be the best home court advantage, we 100% can. Now, let's say after the first four minutes, we're playing really well and you're having a ton of fun and you're standing and you're cheering and you're smiling and all that. If you want to stand up for the next four minutes and then the next four minutes and the next four minutes, I'm not going to stop you and I don't think anyone would. But for the, the movement is around those first four and last four minutes to get everyone energized, to get that stadium rocking and have a legendary performance from the crowd. Let's do it. Rupp has been really I'm crazy the past two games. And Kansas, they've dropped three in a row. Um, but they're a very, very good team still. We know that they could pick it up at any time. And the three losses were all against quality opponents. Two of them, I believe, came on the road. 
Um, so the, we're going to need the crowd to be in it. Um, one of the biggest things I think everyone should be worried about against Kansas is their two wings. One of them is Grady Dick and the other is Jalen Wilson. I think Grady Dick is six, eight and Wilson is like six foot seven. So both of them have very good size. Both of them, uh, Dick is more of like a shooter and Wilson more of like a three level scorer. <laughs> I, I know guys, we, I'm just going to call him Grady for now on whatever, but um, I'm so excited. Sorry. To, I'm so excited to hear Tom Leach because Tom Leach only <laughs> refers to players by their last names. Yes. <laughs> like he does not say first names in his broadcast at all. I'm I like, I'm going to be watching the broad. I'm going to be watching the TV obviously, but I'm going to have to listen a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just go ahead and get, so... let's just go ahead and get it out of the way now so we're not laughing about it for the rest of the time we're talking about it uh dick is long dick can stroke it from deep and uh dick is going to be up for the game okay it, it's he's surpri- <laughs> we can discuss surprisingly it. uh he's uh an incredible penetrator like he can really uh <laughs> get anyway. to the middle there really well <laughs> Anyways, last year when we played um, Kansas, they had a similar, not similar, but a similarly dominant offensive threat in Ochai Baji, and we completely denied Ochai. Like, if he couldn't score, we knew Kansas would not be able to score. We held him to 4 of 14 shooting, only 13 points. I think his season average at the time was like 22. So we held him 9 points below season average, shooting 29%. Do you know Um, who his primary uh, defender was? Wasn't it like Grady? It was Kellen. Grady. January Kellen Grady was something else, man. Oh my he was. <laughs> but anyways, here's the th- I think it might be different this year. So in Kansas' yeah. current three-game losing streak, Wilson and Grady have combined for 54 points, 38 yeah. points, and 47 points. Those better. two guys wow. are going to get their points no matter what, and those guys are not necessarily indicative of if Kansas is going to win or not. It's going to be the other guys. Can you keep McCuller off the board? Can you keep, I forget their center's name, can you keep him off the board? KJ Adams. AJ, KJ Adams. Who is their point guard? I, I'm forgetting their whole roster right now. Uh, they have uh, Dwan, Dejuan, Where, De, uh, Dejuan Harris. Dejuan Harris. Yeah, uh, you got Kevin McCuller. Uh, Joseph Yasufu. Yeah. Bobby Pettiford. But that's what the game's going to come down to. You know that 40 of the points are going to come from Grady and Wilson. Can you keep everyone else to 30 or less? And on the other side of things, they have no one to guard Oscar. Yep, it's all about Oscar. They have no they don't have anyone on their team taller than like six seven other than Grady Dick, who's their shooting guard. They're gonna be putting a six seven non-defender on Oscar. And they're gonna have a power forward who's also a six seven non-defender helping onto him. I think Oscar could score through double teams. They're gonna need to throw triple teams. That's the yep. case. I said it earlier. Kaysen, Reeves, CJ, they're going to have to make their shots if we're going to want to win this game. Absolutely. Thing... Go ahead. I, know, I just wanted to say absolutely. I just really agree with oh, Matt. You know? That was a good absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, Bradley. One thing that I really want to see, I want to see what Chris Livingston can do defensively because yeah. I think we're going to throw a few different things at their scores. Uh, I, I think Chris Livingston – can have a defensive legacy game against Grady Dick just because he's viewed as the best or one of the best scorers in basketball this season. I want to see Livingston be, you know, tough on Dick and, and really, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
really give him a... <laughs> I got myself tickled. <laughs> oh, no. I was I was being genuine in my take, but then I <laughs> Yeah, let let Livingston see what he can do on 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 Grady. No. Yeah, you know I am kind of I am kind of interested in how we're going to approach cuz I mean you know Cal's not playing zone. I don't think we should zone. But no, the no. matchup for Wilson and Grady uh, is going to be interesting. Like, uh, if it were me, like, again, on Jalen, I would probably put Kaysen or uh, Toppin, maybe Jacob Toppin, uh, most likely. But for Grady, it's tough to figure out who you want to put on him. Uh, I was talking with Brandon Ramsey. Shout out Brandon Ramsey. Uh, and And we kind of talked about maybe putting even CJ on him. CJ is obviously undersized uh, to guard a six foot eight uh, Grady Dick, but um, he has been fighting over screens, which is where Grady gets a lot of his points fighting, like going over those off ball screens. So uh, I think that could be a good matchup, not just because of of their complexion, but uh, I also think that case and Wallace (laughs) would be a good matchup. Um, I I'm worried about Chris, just not because he's a bad defender, because he has the worst whistle of anyone I've seen in so long. If he, guard someone on a drive they're calling a block no matter what so uh how would you all uh kind of match up against uh their top two players i don't know if i could say this with a straight face because like bradley just has me like cracking myself up right now but i think (laughs) that grady is gonna struggle to score once he puts the ball on the floor um he he doesn't want once he starts dribbling he he's not the score. He's he's going to be a catch and shoot guy. So I agree with you, CJ. Run him off screens. All right, <laughs> guys, I can't do this. I, I have a joke. Dick I can't dribble. say it. My mom listens to this, listens to this. I actually found out that I have like professors that listen to this. One of the <laughs> one of the teachers that I that I TA for. He was like, I heard your podcast. I was like, Oh, I hope we don't talk about Dick our next podcast. But here we are. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah. I would. I would have. Kaysen and Wheeler on probably the point guard. I thought about moving Kaysen to one of those guys, but I just think if you allow zero dribble penetration, um, again, their their offense, like Wilson's gonna get his. Don't let don't let the offense as a whole get cooking. Absolutely. If you look at their season averages, which I know don't say a lot, they have Jalen Wilson who averages 21, Grady Dick averages 15. Uh, then KJ and Kevin McCuller both average like 10. But after that, they have a guy who averages seven. And then the next guy is 3.4 points. Wow. So they have five guys that average over seven points. And then they don't really have anything after that. So if we can get to their bench, if we can get them in foul trouble trying to guard Oscar, then they they don't have guys. They have, they're not a deep team in my, in, in my opinion. Yeah. At least the stats show that they're not really a deep team. My, my defender, I, I'm putting my best... Um pass defender on on dick not my best um shot uh, he's gonna shoot no matter what Tag on it you guys smiling is the only problem just don't look at the, just don't look at the screen okay. don't look at the screen but that's what i was gonna say i'd put if you can guard the pass if you have you know the the instincts his hands are always up his hands are always out then uh you're gonna shut down the catch and shoot or you're gonna force him to dribble right you're gonna force him to move and uh not take the shot that he wants to take and so that's that's where my head is on it but Oh God! Stop! <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not. I'm done talking. Somebody else's turn. That is so. Uh, the the biggest thing about this Kansas game, I'm gonna try to find this. Uh, the biggest thing about this Kansas game, and I know we already talked about it, but this crowd 
might be the best crowd mm-hmm. I've ever seen on TV. I, I'm very sad I won't be a part of it. I know some mm-hmm. of you will be. But, um, I mean, you hear the legends about 2003 Florida. We talk about 2012 or 2011 UNC. We talk about the Tennessee game, John Wall's year, uh, 2017 UCLA. We talk about all these, like, legendary environments. Who would have thought that an unranked Kentucky – uh, who who's hyped after a four game win streak might produce the best environment in the Cal era. Like I, I genuinely think that the hype around this game and just the way the fan base is right now, yep. it, it could be that good. This is this is by far the most like I thought we had two important games going into the season, two really important games going into the season, and then a couple more that are like big. And the two important ones for me were Gonzaga and Kansas. And uh it's shaping up for this one to be the the bigger of the two. This is going to be I almost certainly the most watched college basketball game so far this season. Um, probably by quite a bit. What are you even laughing about? We're not even talking about the same. I think he just has <laughs> the giggles. We just have to ignore him. Just um, him. but but I mean it's the environment like everyone's hyped up, like a coming off a four-game win streak, like people are back into it again. Like we are on the edge of the tournament, you know what I mean? Like getting in there. Kansas is still a two seed after three losses in a row, somehow. Uh we need this win. Yeah, I mean, this is big. These are also these are the defending champions. Also, this is the biggest. <laughs> yeah. The you know the team with the most wins all time. Uh, we're second to them because they have a like four or five season lead on us or whatever it is. But I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot behind this game. Um, it's it's going to be big. If you're at rep, I encourage you to be louder than you've ever been in your life. Um, you know, absolutely. Let's do it. Be as loud as uh, Bradley whenever he pronounces Jeff wrong. <laughs> or Hot Pockets. Or Hot Pockets. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. All right. Deep cut. <laughs> but um, Big Blue Nation has really been starving. And we have been desperate for games like this that actually matter. Um, But we, we haven't had them because, like, the past couple – like, the team is – the program as a whole, we have to admit, it's been a little disappointing. We lose to St. Peter's. We have the 9-16 and team. We start off slow this year. The team's finally hot. The defending champs are coming to town. It's not at a neutral site. It's not an away game. It's in Rupp. This is going to be electric. Boys, how are we feeling for the game? Buddy, I feel like you've consistently been the closest, so I'll, I'll allow you to go first. What's going to happen this Saturday in Rupp Arena? I oh, appreciate that. Are these my predictions and my MVP? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 81-69 Cats. Uh, we're going to get away from them in the end after a couple uh, intentional fouls. Bradley, there's no reason to be laughing right now. I <laughs> a nice score pretty, prediction. Turn your camera off. Nice. Um, but yeah, 81 six, Oh, right. Gotcha. Now nah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 81 69. My MVP. I think the obvious MVP is Oscar. I don't know if I, how I can like in good conscience say anyone except for, for Oscar. Um, he's going to cook. Maybe if CJ just like answers every, you know, Grady Dick three with another three, uh, then mm-hmm. there's potential there, but I'm going to say 81 69 Oscars MVP. Bradley, who do you have for us? I am going to go. 104 to 92. Wow. It's a high wow. school. Is it overtime or? No, regulation. Oh, okay. wow. Huh. I predict that we're going to see the greatest shootout of all time. It'll be a very offensive game. Between Grady Dick 
and Antonio Reeves, oh. or as he will forever be known after this game, Antonio oh. Reeves. He yeah. is going to set the Kentucky three-pointers made record <laughs> during wow. this game. I don't even know what it is, but whatever it is, he's going to set it. Is it a Joey and, Meeks? Uh, 10, sure. 10 or 11? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, if it's 11, Reeves is going to have 12. Wow. Uh, anyway, just an epic shootout, and uh, Reeves is going to get the better of Dick. If that actually happens, Rupp Arena might explode. WT, who do you got? I mean, I obviously have the cats. I think that the environment we get to. I I have more of a low scoring game. Surprisingly, I I have um, I have a seventy one roll of seventy one uh, to sixty three. I think our defense kind of carries um, the game, and I think uh, our MVP is actually going to be based on his defensive performance. Uh, I have my MVP as Casey Wallace. I think that he is whether it's at the beginning of the game or towards uh, the middle of the game, he's eventually going to be matched up on one of their two scores, and he's going to put a, on uh, a fantastic defending uh, performance. Now, if he adds some points and some assists onto that, I won't be mad, but I think that he really locks down um, either Wilson or Dick. Um, I am going to go 82 to 74 cats. And I think C.J. Frederick is going to go on a little hot streak in the second half. He's going to hit two or three threes, which is absolutely tear the roof off of Rupp. It, first four, last four, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, he's just going to absolutely set off Rupp. And it's going to be one of those Kellen Grady moments. Anyways, we're kind of running out of time on this video. And we do still have to get the listeners' questions. Um, WT, there was one specifically asked for you. It said, what would WT have done if the Cats lost their first game his son attended? Would he ever get to go again? Yes. It wouldn't have been his fault. It would have been something else. I would have figured it out. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, uh, he's 1-0. Uh, we'll be 2-0. We'll be 3-0. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, at Welsh's Juice Box says, what have been y'all's game day superstitions over the four-game four game win streak? Um, first of all, Rupp to No Good has been going to games. We're going to keep that up. Also, um, I've been wearing my blue jersey. I've been wearing the white and black a lot. That has had mixed results. The blue is yet to see a loss. I will be wearing that in the front row of the E-Zone on Saturday. Um, Buddy or Bradley, you got a question to answer? I re- Oh, I was going to go with the superstitions one. I recently purchased some uh, PSD underpants, and I've been wearing those for every game, and they are undefeated. Not sponsored. Buddy, close us out with the question. Oh, my superstition is that if I'm at the game, we're not going to lose. So we've already <laughs> talked about that. Um, there we go. Yeah, sure. Uh, Coach Junior, at Coach underscore Junior one, said, uh, I know winning a championship. Now we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know winning a championship is always our goal, but what should our expectations be right now for this point in the season? Uh, and I guess that they change as, as you go. Um, so – yeah, goal is always a, a championship, but, um, you know, here we are. We've had, like, a, a rough season. We're on a little bit of a hot streak. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what we can do. I've, I'm interested to hear what, what your guys' thoughts are on this, like, very quickly if you uh, if you can. But I'm thinking we can – I'm expecting Sweet 16 or deeper. I think we can make it to the Elite Eight. I think this is the team for that. It kind of depends on what our seed is in March. Uh, it depends really heavy on that. But uh, what do you guys think? What's your, your ceiling or your expectations? We get hot. Nobody can stop us. I think as far as ex- I think as far as expectations go, I think it's a successful season if we get to the elite eight. 
it's a it's like disappointing if we get to the Sweet 16, and obviously it's special if we get to the Final Four. I th- I feel like as far as expectations go, if you want to say this is a successful season, we get hot, get like a four or five seed, and we make the Elite Eight. If we make if we don't make the second weekend, or if we just make the Sweet 16, there's going to be that bitter taste in your mouth. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, y'all know me. I don't I don't love hypotheticals too much. I love to stay in reality. And the reality is that the 2022-23 Kentucky Wildcats are going to be hanging up the ninth banner in school history. Woo! Let's go. Thank you, Rub to No Good listeners, for listening so much. We love you so much. Thank you for joining for this over an hour episode. We will see you next week after another pair of Kentucky wins. Go Cats! Go, go cats. cats! Thanks for listening. Audience. Woo!